When life throws you a curveball, how are you going to handle adversity? Welcome to the Fearless Mindset Podcast, where you're about to go on a journey as I interview security, business, and entertainment leaders on what it takes to stay fearless. I'm your host, Mark Ludlow, and enjoy today's episode. Now, is martial arts a big ally for you? Are you like a triple black belt in anything over there? Like, do you train in martial arts? Uh, let's say I train in martial arts. Various James, then. Okay, let's just say. <laughs> Watch out, boy! She's she's she knows how to use her hands. As I know. I'm defensive tactics. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I have to train. I did, of course, a lot of work all over the world that uh, I cannot discuss. But yeah. that is, of course, you need to be fairly well trained for. Um, so yeah, I do. Uh, uh, a couple of uh, various martial arts. Gotcha. Have you had, have you won any trophies in martial arts at all? Like black belt trophies? No, because for me, it was not about training for being in a ring and getting a prize. It was a really a practical knowledge just to use Got for it. my work. Okay. Well, yeah. As, as you probably have seen, I don't like the spotlight. So I, I hardly ever... I am on stage speaking or presenting or, uh, yeah, I don't know why. It's just not me. I like to be in the back. Well, tell tell us a story of something that you did in the industry. Let's say you were working with an organization and that you were able to help them save lives. Do you have any, like a recent story of something you really felt great about in the last year or so that, they called you, reached out to you, and you're really able to make an impact in your organization. Any, anything you could share? Um, yeah, well, I can share about the rescue I did. Uh, I cannot mention <laughs> names, of course, but it was a rescue in, uh, uh, in Libya from uh, a mother and her daughter that were kidnapped. So I was in the team that uh, went there and rescued them and brought them back to their country, England. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. And they, of course, were really grateful, but it was super dangerous and exhausting. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, I also, uh, made like a whole forensic program for an organization that fights human trafficking and, and how hel- that helps them to interview kids with trauma. Because what I saw overall, over all these years, that when kids are being interviewed, it's not really interviewing, it's more an interrogation. And for young people or even people with a trauma, that is very threatening. So you don't really dare to say anything anymore. Uh, so that it, it requires really a certain technique and empathy almost um, to do that. Um, because I, I can give you, for instance, the sheet on how to do it or the questions, but some people just don't have that they cannot make a connection with a kid or a bond. So, um, yeah, so I, I created a step-by-step program in where I help organizations, um, who are in that field to, uh, to interview those victims. That's pretty fascinating. And then the family in England hired you to go down and get the mom and the daughter that are in danger. Did they get human trafficking from England and take him down to Africa? Is that kind of what happened? Or? 
And that was not a human trafficking case because that's what I said. I don't, I'm not only in human trafficking. So that was really a kidnapping case. Wild. Yeah. That's people get kidnapped all around the world. Oh, wow. Yes. It's crazy what what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. And and before I was this deep in the industry, I never knew that it was that often. For ransom, yeah. for retaliation, could be anything. Yeah. Wow. Dang. This has been a very yeah, powerful a- podcast. This has been my my brain because we've done a lot of podcasts with you know CIA operatives and all that, but we're talking to Miranda, who has been human trafficked at the age of nineteen. And we've had many high-profile gifts on the show, but this one is special because Brand is a personal friend of mine, and the audience is hearing your story of what you've gone through from at the age of 19 to now where you're at now, the leading organizations dealing with CEOs. It's like, it just shows the audience, you can do anything you put your mind to. You can, you can overcome adversity if you put your mind to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I, I'm just one example, of course. So, uh, but I, there are many people who just had to keep going and, and, and build a life. There are a lot of, uh, stories from especially girls and, and, and especially in the U S. So they're so brave. They just come out with a story, tell what's happened, what has happened. They write books, uh, or start uh, shelter homes or, yeah, it's amazing. Do you have any book you're working on? <laughs> Everyone is asking me that. I will one day write a book. One day? Yeah. Book that. But, nah, but not now. I mean, everyone is doing it. <laughs> That's true. Why, why do you think everybody else is doing it? It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. And, and honestly, I don't have any time for it. And um, also because it, it's quite, uh, I, I think it will become an emotional roller coaster when you have to go through your past again. Uh, as I said, I hardly ever speak about it because uh, I just don't want to have that stamp uh, like, oh, she's a victim and she went through that. You don't I mean, want that attention. No. Gotcha. No, not at all. No, I, I'm, I, I didn't work that hard and fought that hard just to only be seen as that girl from 40 years ago. Mm, so true. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And I mean... Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, I, I believe, you know, I, di- I didn't do it alone. So. Would you say I most of your businesses like were word of mouth now referral? Good. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. I've never, I've never done sales or marketing, to be honest. Uh, if I had to do that, I would probably not be here because I suck at it. <laughs> not I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't like to, uh, it's a special skill and you have to do that. You have to say like, Hey, what I have, nobody else does. And, and so, yeah. And then it's just not me. I don't know why it's just not me. And I, I like, you know, the network that I have. Um, I, yeah. So it, it works. It worked. Yeah. If you like Brian and I were talking earlier, like why these conferences that we go to, it's like, you don't really to get business from. It's just, Everybody's in the same, especially from the same pole, same river, same pond. And it's, it really comes down to people that know you, trust you, that do business with you, that refer you. And that's word of mouth is probably the best, always will be the best form of business marketing for your, your brand. 
Yeah, but it takes, uh, of course, to know, to know a lot of people. So uh, in that sense, conferences are good. You can catch up with the people that you know also because they're often there. Um, but yeah, just solely out of conferences, I've never got any work. Wow. It's just, it's just shaking hands just and, shaking and hands. talk. So it's about maintaining yeah. those relationships with people that know you, showing up, saying, hey, meet in person. Let's go grab dinner. Okay, you know. And uh, I know you guys were friends with many high-level people, like you know, Mike Howard, former CSO of Microsoft. You're good friends with him. And oh, that's a good friend of mine. Yes. I first had him on the podcast, but it's interesting how he left Microsoft as chief security officer and you know moved yeah. to Vegas with his wife. And now he's launched his book, running leadership, and he's like oh, the guys all over the place who read a bit of himself. He has two books right now already. Wow, I'm just impressed, but. His ability to pivot. It's just, I'm impressed by that because, you know, he had a very impressive CIA background and then went to Microsoft, ran Microsoft security. And then now he pivoted again and reinvented himself. And now he's all over, you know, doing his stocks and leadership. I, I think it's really cool. And he's good at it. Is it? I'm sure he is. Yeah. 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 There are many. Yeah. I don't know how I got to know these people over the years. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I feel so blessed to have them in my life. They're really good people. It seems like that. Yeah. I was supposed to have a podcast and I kind of know it, either it was COVID or something or the flu. I can't remember what, but I'm supposed to get you know, him on the podcast to talk about what, what he's up to, to do a catch up. But it seems like, you know, a lot of high powered, big profile people. The Miranda's type of personality, everybody, like everybody loves Miranda. She just has that very... Very humble, very real, and very honest, and very a very giving personality. She likes to serve her people, serve serve her colleagues, serve her industry, and she got a big heart for that. And I think people see that. Yeah, I believe you know the world is so messed up already. It just let's be kind to each other. There's so many people are struggling that you don't know nothing about, and if you are that one person who gave them that smile or that kind word. Maybe it helped them in that day, you know, and it was just maybe the thing that they needed. Um, so, yeah, for me, that's super important. And and even to not nice people, I'm often nice. Um, but, yeah, as, as you know, um, I'm also not nice to not nice people when I have to. <laughs> <laughs> like you mean not nice to some not nice people. <laughs> but uh but but rather not yeah i just i, I just rather make a difference and uh, i just rather be like how i want to see someone and i uh, i just think we all deserve a chance the world is so big there are so many jobs there are so many opportunities i just i despise ego i despise gossip you know uh i just don't understand what good it does to anyone i mean why can we not all work together? Um, and if you don't like something from someone, why can't you just not say like, hey, I, I really don't feel good about this, you know, that you do this, did this to me or that person or um, or are you aware of what you're doing? I mean, but yeah, that that's what I try. Sometimes there is no reasoning with some people, but I try. And I think I think you are making a, a powerful impact on the world. I mean, the stuff that you do behind the scenes, that's where you thrive. That's where your superpower really is. And that's why your, your clients do that, because 
you're getting busier and busier every every month. I mean, your workload, your, your requests are coming in. You're slammed right yeah. now. You weren't this busy two years ago when pandemic COVID had everybody's better than Dornell. No, thankfully I had some work because I worked for a humanitarian organization as well as a consultant. And, and they just, of course, fly all over the world and have to work because they have to go to crazy environments where, there is, where the war is going on and where the camps are being set up for the refugees. So I worked with those people, uh, you know, trained them. Um, so I had at least something to do, but it has been a very, very slow time overall. And I'm happy I'm I'm back, you know, going everywhere. <laughs> Did the last year really pick up for you after the pandemic? It just like the the calls started coming in like crazy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and this year also um, it's already uh, a lot is planned. So yeah. So you, your specialty, do you do a lot, just like a lot of webinars and stuff, Zoom calls or team calls or that kind of how that works for you in, in, your, in Europe? Is that kind of how you reach your, your community that you work with? Uh, I, I do a lot of uh, meetings and coachings and also before because of clients over the phone or on Zoom, whatever they prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I uh, make online trainings for them, but oftentimes because I consult, I'm sort of an advisor oftentimes. Um, I just sit in and see, you know, have an overview of what's going on and, and try to guide them through that um, in the right direction. Um, yeah. And oftentimes I'm there in person as well. As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm away from home at least 200 days out of the year. They fly me in everywhere. Um, and I like the in-person meeting still better than, uh, and I'm, I'm getting used to this now before COVID, this was not my thing at all, <laughs> but I'm getting used to it actually. I'm, uh, I start to understand how it all works. Um, but yeah, I like the in-person meetings better. You know, it's, uh, it's more personal. I don't know why it's, uh, I think you just have more success in person because you create that emotional connection. Except either as is GSX or OSAC or whatever, whatever conference you're attending, people see you face to face, they shake your hand, make you meet them over a glass of whatever you're drinking or a lunch or a dinner. And it just creates that connection. And then the connection creates that trust. And still, it's all about, this is all about the trust. Yeah. And absolutely. When I started, you know, doing a podcast, it was, this was so awkward for me. I'm naturally an introvert. I'm a, I'm a absolute introvert. That's why I don't like to be on stages or in the spotlights. I just, yeah. But I, so I, this for the last two years, you know, having the camera in my face and, the microphone is just totally not my personality, but it's weird when you're doing something bigger than yourself, you just have to overcome those mental obstacles. Like we had, yeah, if you do it often enough, it becomes normal. It does. Yeah. The repetition, you know, Michael Jordan, it's all, all about the repetition, repetition for yeah. you and repetition. Now you're good at it. I still don't know how to do a screenshot on my computer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> or YouTube it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Everything. You can find everything online right now. Miranda, can you give me any advice to the ladies out there that want maybe do what you do, maybe Intel, or how do they break? Maybe they just want me to become an executive protection agent because we have a lot of them that listen to the show. 
What's your advice to the industry just to how to thrive in 2023? Yeah, uh, um, just go after what you want. It, it's it's oftentimes hard um, because it's not an easy industry. So that's what you have to realize. It's a lot of trainings so and you have to continue train, you know, getting trained, um, get as much experience as you can. Um, yeah, believe in yourself. Just keep going. If, if it's really what you want, because, and especially in executive protection for ladies, there are not that many. So, you know, once you're good enough, yeah, I mean, trained enough and, and, and ready for it. There's a lot of work out there. Um, but yeah, just yeah, be honest and and be loyal and just work hard. Yeah, one thing the industry doesn't realize, especially working with royal families, there's a big demand for ladies, especially from the Middle East cultures. And even not just Middle East, but families that just they prefer having ladies work for the kids, you know? There's I think there's going to be a huge demand once everything starts opening up. It's starting to open up now, but once it gets more open, then when maybe it- that's another good thing that I I, I want to give everyone yeah. just learn about cultures and not learn it from a book or a movie. Just go there, you know. Just book a ticket, go there for a month, you know. Even if it is your holiday, if you really want that job, just go there, emerge in that culture because you will never understand otherwise what's happening there. That is really Every nice. culture is so different. Even the Western cultures, even like the US or Europe, you would say that we are Western countries, but we are so different in so many aspects. So really just, you know, understand who the people are, uh, uh, what they are doing, why they are saying or, uh, you know, things in a certain way, um, how they respond. Yeah, that's that's really important. Unless you just want to be local, of course, and stay stateside or uh, within your uh, city. I don't know. Um, but, but yes, if you if you really want to be international and 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 be fit, you know, rest when you can, have a lot of fun times. Also, just to compensate for all the harsh times, uh, train, be physically fit. Yeah. When I see a big burnout coming with the, the security industry and the EP industry because when I was working for, let's say, a royal family in the L.A. area, we'd go two months, three months straight without a day off. That's how it was. And we had no days off because they wanted to see the same face because of the culture issue. That's how it is. And yep. we because of the pandemic, we really haven't seen that type of workload. And then they had a new crown prince that was sworn into Saudi Arabia. So that changed everything. And that whole, that whole, that's a totally different conversation about how everything works over there. But now that we're going to a new season, everything's opening up. I think we're going to see a huge demand in travel with like different royal families from all types of cultures. And the audience listening to this is, are you prepared? Like Miranda said, are you keeping physically fit? Are you healthy enough to have the stamina to withstand those tentative work demands? And that's yeah, but also know who your client is. I always say, you know, if you have, if you are not a runner, for instance, and your client runs every morning like 10K, are you physically able to do that? And what if there's a threat occurring during that run or at the end of the run and, and you are like out of breath? 
then you probably are not a good fit. Um, and are you willing to carry bags? I mean, we talk about it for so many months now in the industry. All of a sudden, that is a thing. Do we carry a bag for someone or not? Um, if you don't have a driver's license and, you know, your your client is driving everywhere, but he wants to drive himself and, and wants you to sit next to him. What if that person is not feeling well? Can you take over and just drive your client somewhere? So there are so many things that you have to keep into account. Uh, I, I usually also uh, mention that in my trainings. Like be care. I talk about culture, uh, also the type of client. You know, what if your client has uh, like an illness? Do you know everything about the medication? Do you know the home practitioner? You know all those things that you really need to know before you start working with a person. Just yeah. 